This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. You know, what is it I don't, there's something else I don't, I don't do There's banquets. a lot of things that you don't do. I don't do banquets. Do. I, I really try not to do banquets if all possible. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. So you will address me as Stephen A. or Mr. Smith. You won't call me a bona fide scrub and then continue to talk on my damn show. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's intercepted by Jacob Miles and a chance at a house call. Final 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Bullpup. Everything happening in the sports world. Mahomes throws it for the touchdown. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I go to Walmart and get my $18 pair of shoes the last two years, and it's just fine. You like those fine? No Zions for you. No Zions for me. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always... The most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Steve, you used a word in your sell on sports today that I didn't quite feel was fitting. What's that? Well, you described David Beatty's tenure as the Kansas Jayhawk head coach as forgettable. I don't think I could ever forget. Well, I don't think I could ever forget KU David fan, Beatty being the coach. KU fans want to forget it. Yeah, you know, you'd soon. like to forget. Right. But some things we just don't forget. Yeah. And like hiring a coach who had never been an offensive or defensive coordinator at a major institution. Right. Or had never even been much more than a wide receivers coach. Right. To be your head coach in a turnaround. Well, it, it was a terrible hire at the time. It turned out to be a terrible hire. Uh, he, he's, he's one of those guys that needs to just be an assistant coach. There's some guys that just they're not head coach material, but they're really, really good assistants. It's, when you look at the Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo, the new defensive coordinator, great defensive coordinator, bombed as a head coach. He's back to being a defensive coordinator. So, What do you think you would be better at, defensive coordinator or head coach? I think I would – I'm not a – You'd I'm, be more of a special teams coach? I, I, I would be – I would not be a head coach. That's you don't just, think that could be up your alley? I don't think so. See, I think I would enjoy being a head coach. Yeah, because you think I have some head because, coach personality. Because you're organized. That's right. And I'm not. I think you're pretty organized. Well, if you looked at my desk right now, you wouldn't say that. I still think that if I was able to take over a program and I had a really good offensive coordinator that had plays, I'd, if I'd, I don't want to draw plays up, but if you just let me pick the plays... I know what we have, and I know who our guys are. And if I got to pick the plays, decide when we punt, when we go for it, I think I would do okay yeah. as a head coach in that aspect. Defensively, no clue. Wouldn't have any clue. I'd just say, all right, D.C., you go tell them what to do. I'm going to stand over here well, with my challenge flag ready. Well, one new head coach that we're looking forward to see how he Good does. transition, Steve. Yeah, Coach Fiscus. That's right. We were talking with Coach Fiscus today, and uh, – uh, he's got his guys starting to come in. Uh, football practice for the KCAC school starts this weekend. And Coach Fiscus, he's got a few players. He's got a lot of players. A lot of players. And, you know, traditionally at McPherson College, if they can have about 80, that is really, really good. And he's going to be well over 80. 
he's going to be well over a hundred. And, you know, he comes to McPherson college after being at, you know, his, his real claim was six years at Henderson state as a defensive coordinator, or I'm i I'm sorry, a recruiting coordinator. And uh, he knows how to get players. And I think he's going to have some really nice players. I think it's probably unrealistic to expect him to say, Hey, we're going to challenge KW. We're going to challenge Ottawa, you know, for the conference. I think that's a little unrealistic, but I think you're going to definitely see a better product on the field this year. For those that have not been able to hear him speak yet and have not been able to interact with him, one thing that really stands out about Coach Fiscus is that he's very sharp. You mentioned the word prepared uh, with me a minute ago. Yeah, They have a plan. They are going off of the plan. And sometimes your plans don't work. Right. But at least you have a plan. Right. You have to have this type of a plan and a philosophy and maybe a, a motto or a creed. You have to be a certain way to be a football coach. And your philosophy could be, we are going to run the triple option and we are going to run it down your throat 85 times a game. And we are going to get guys that can block in the trenches. Or your motto can be, hey, we are a West Coast style offense. We're going to get a gunslinging quarterback. We're going to zip it around the yard. We're going to have a, a defense that might give up some points, but our offense is going to be that. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. But you have to have something that you do. If you change all the time, if you go with the flow too much, it doesn't work. But I think when you get a coach that has a plan, that has a staff, that believes in that plan, and gets players that start to follow that plan, that's where you can have success. And that's why I think Coach Fiscus is very sharp and is going to get things going. And, and words you would use with him is cautiously optimistic, guarded, so. guarded, because he's not, you know, he's... He's got some guys that he really hasn't uh, talked a whole lot about. But we kind of got the word from our man Cody Stufflebean last week. Who's, yeah. He's been out kind of working out out there at the college. He says he's got some dudes. He's got a couple dudes that can play. He's also – he told us today he's – you know, he's he's kind of gotten some in on some guys late that could really help his team. And uh, I think if everybody shows up and everybody's eligible, that's the other thing. He's got some guys still waiting on eligibility, and if they get eligible, uh, they could be a, a team that, you know, if it, the opposing team can't just, let's say, come to McPherson Stadium and think, well, all we got to do is show up and we'll beat the Bulldogs. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Steve, I've got several things I want to talk with you about today. Okay. Number one, the Chiefs begin their preseason on Saturday. I want to talk about what their plan. And where can you listen to that game? You can listen to that game here on 96.7 FM KBBE. There you go. The home of the Chiefs. We are the home of the Chiefs. So you can listen to it there, but I want to talk about them a little bit. I have another topic that I want to address with you, but yesterday I received some some blowback by talking about Barry Bonds Mm -hmm. and saying how much I enjoyed watching him and how I think he's the home run king and a lot of that blowback came from you and from Coach Kinneman. Coach Kinneman. Who are some of the guys in your mind that are some of your favorite or best players in the game of baseball? My, I wanted to see where, where you stand. My favorites in baseball? Yeah, I want to hear now your you have favorites. To remember, I know guys that you probably don't even heard okay, of. Okay, let's not talk about anybody that was born before World War II. Okay. <laughs> no, nobody that was born in the 30s. Okay. Let, let's just say... More modern, well, last 50 years. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Willie Mays, of course, I grew we, we'll, I think Willie Mays was probably born before World War II. Okay, yeah, that's probably true. Um, I don't know for sure, but that's my bet. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. I was a big-time Tony what Gwynn. What was it about Tony Gwynn that you liked? Consistency. Okay. Amazingly consistent. Always put the ball in play. Uh, I was a big, uh, you know, I was Tony Gwynn fan. He got over 3,000 hits. Uh you know, he, what about Cal Ripken? Are I, you a Cal Ripken fan? I liked Cal Ripken. He was just very solid. You know, just uh, you know, he was in the lineup every day. Uh, played through a lot of ailments, but uh, just a just a very solid player. Albert Pujols. Oh, speaking of performance enhancing, you know, you you, you did, you've managed to skate around Albert him Pujols, and Mark McGuire. Albert Pujols has never. He's been tested numerous times, never <laughs> once. Sure. But Albert Pujols, model of consistency. Sure. Mark McGuire, well, you're in on him. I, I, That was one of those where my heart overtook oh, my head. Oh, oh. And, now and we're I getting kinda, And I kind of knew, you know, I knew he had to be roiding a little bit. But, uh, you know, when he hit 70, I said, well, I know he's steroiding so what about sammy sosa not wasn't a big fan of sammy sosa. Well, because he's a cub yeah well and a reuter so but he's one of those guys that went from 25 homers to 66 homers in a heartbeat so you know and you say you know well steroids definitely helped i mean let's let's face it they had to help i mean that's why they take them because it helped them but it was amazing that how much their numbers exploded. You still had to hit 70 home runs in a season. Right. You still had to hit 762 or 63 career home runs. And that's the thing that I've always really admired about Barry Bonds is just how complete his game was. Mm-hmm. How he was a several-time Gold Glove Award winner. How he stole more than 40 bases in a ton of seasons well, he, early on. Well, he stole over 300 bases, I believe, in his career. That he was phenomenal as just a pure athlete. Then you look into just his batting average and those numbers. You would think a guy that hits 750 or 762 or 63 home runs would not have a great batting average. But he was terrific mm-hmm. his entire career. Silver Slugger Award winner mm-hmm. several, several times. But my question for you, Steve, is what would you like baseball to do with any players that were mentioned, whether it was in the Balco scandal or any players that had a connection to the steroid issues of those mid-2000s? What do you want baseball to do with them? Well, they're not going to do anything with them now because they're out, out the game. Okay, 20 years from now, Roger Clemens. Do you let him in the Hall of Fame? I still, Debatably the best pitcher of all time. Now see, Clemens, Barry Bonds, do you let him in the Hall of Fame? Debatably best baseball player of all time. I have I have a hard time. The thing is, here, here's the thing. They were really great players before they started roiding late in their career. So I, I still think, you know, I'm probably in the minor, but I, I still think they did enough probably to warn a spot in the Hall of Fame. What but, about Pete Rose? Gambled, no, because that that's the number one. So you think there's just no way ever? Gambling, it was the number one. I mean, in every clubhouse, there's like a, there's a sign on the wall about gambling. I mean, I'm sorry. Gambling was different than, than roiding as far as I was concerned. Okay, so you think there because is a chance was, later on that he, some of those 
guys listed in the Balco reports could be admitted into the Hall of Fame? I think it's going to be... Rafael Palmeiro. I think it's... I will say one thing. A lot of those guys that vote for the Hall of Fame, you know, they're they're definitely anti-steroid guys. But they're getting older. Yeah. And you're starting to see... That the Bonzes and the Clemens and they're getting the free, they're it, getting more votes. They're starting to get more votes. Yeah, McGuire, Sammy Sosa has been the one that has never really made but, moves. But Sammy Sosa only had about to me. You know, a Hall of Fame has got to be you got to do it over a long, extensive period of time. Sammy Sosa had about four good years. To be honest with you, I mean, he was a pretty pedestrian player, and then he had that one little stretch. I'm sure you. Probably have it on your computer. He had about a four-year stretch where, you know, he was bombing it. Yeah, that 98 to about 02. Yeah, but I, I don't think his batting average was all that great when you think about it. He he wasn't on any championship teams. I just don't think – he had home runs. He he hit in a pitcher-friendly ballpark, too. I mean, he had a ballpark. He played 81 games at Wrigley Field where, you know, it was like a bandbox. Jason Giambi. No. His career probably wasn't good enough. No. Top to bottom. No. He did have that terrific stretch in the late or the late nineties, early two thousands when he kind of started with the A's and then made his way to the Yankees. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other guys that would have been mentioned within that report and that scandal. Palmero, a big one. Yeah. What about Jose Canseco? He's not a Hall of Famer. Just based off of numbers or, or what? I just I just didn't I don't think he had the what do you have, 400 home runs maybe? I'm looking it up here. Yeah, I think he had like 440 homers or something like that. But, but 462 I, home I, runs. I, and see, I can't think of Jose Canseco without thinking of him having a ball go right off his head for a home run. I mean, that that's my image of Jose Canseco. Six-time All-Star, one-time MVP. 40-40, he was a member of the 40-40 club. I just think that at some point, I don't know how soon it will be, but at some point here in the future, those guys are going to get in. Yeah. And I don't really think it's fair if we wait until they die. That's what I keep thinking is going to happen with Pete Rose. They could have their whole they could have their own wing of the Hall of Fame though. And that's kind of what I think this could be. Because don't you think a Hall of Fame as a building and as a museum is supposed to talk about what happened? Yeah. But I Pete, just think we can't but erase Pete, but, the 90s. But Pete Rose lied for so many years. And that's the one where I go, okay, if he come, I understand. If he would have come out right away, I think he might be in the Hall of Fame now. But he kept saying, oh, I didn't do it. I'm not a crook. You know, he's like Tricky Dicky Nixon. You know, he's, he was just, I'm not a crook. I never did that. I never bet on games. And then finally, oh, yeah, yeah, I bet on games. I bet on a lot of games. He bet on a lot of games just well, they in, called in general. Char- he was called Charlie Hustle for a reason. It wasn't just because he hustled around the bases. He was no. hustling in the betting room. So maybe my point that I want to make is I don't want to take a big black marker and cross out some of the guys who and that's were so what, influential and that's in the game what's of baseball. Happened, and that really is what's happened in baseball. There's about a, 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 a era of players from about who played from about 90 to, what, 2005 maybe, and all their accomplishments are basically ignored. And the thing I'll always say is I think every team, every clubhouse in Major League Baseball was doing this, and there were a lot of guys who just weren't good enough, that yeah. that they didn't get mentioned to these things because they weren't yeah. good enough. Well, Nobody you look, cared. You look at uh, this week, a guy for Seattle 
Tim Beckham just got suspended 80 games. Have you ever heard of him? Yes. Okay, well, you've probably – you're in the minority probably. Yeah. Because I'm sure the average Joe fan out there has probably never heard of Tim Beckham. But he got 80 games for using a illegal substance. That's right. All right, Steve, we can move on from that. I've got one thing I want to talk with you about, plus a little bit of football. One of them in regards to two teams that one of them will be a big deal for the Chiefs this year. The other one, probably not so much. But I want to talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, I was doing some pondering yesterday. Like Bruiser? Like Bruiser at Fenway Park. Yeah. My, my friend the Bruiser was on TV last night. He was in Boston. He's been, you know, Facebooking from Boston. And they zoomed in on Bruiser, and he was pondering. Always pondering. Yeah. Well, I was pondering while walking around the golf course, and I like to listen to Bill Simmons. You know Bill Simmons. Oh, I know. Yeah, you're a big Bill Simmons guy. And they talked him and Ryan Rossillo. Do you know him? Yeah. Former ESPN guy. Oh, he's a former guy? As of now, as of this week. Really? Joining Bill Simmons at the ringer. Okay. And they were talking about holdouts, and they were talking about Ezekiel Elliott. And they didn't really dive into Melvin Gordon, but same story almost. Right, right. And they were talking about these two guys because their holdout is very different than the Le'Veon Bell situation last year in Pittsburgh. Okay. Do you know the differences with that? Um, They're on rookie contracts. Right. And Le'Veon Bell was trying to avoid being franchise tagged, which for those of you that don't know, it's just essentially a one-year contract. And you have to play for that amount. Right. And 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 you can't really control it. Poor Le'Veon was only going to make $14.5 million. My heart really bleeds for it. Well, he wanted a long-term deal. Right. He got one. While, yeah, and ended up working out. I think he's at about twenty. $1 $1 million a year with the Jets. Okay. But anyway, with Melvin Gordon, as well as Ezekiel Elliott, those guys are both two years away I know. from their rookie contract expiring. And what they want to have happen is sign a long-term deal earlier instead of wait two more years, two more years of wear and tear on their bodies. Yeah, and r- remember, running backs... Shelf life. It's not long. Four, it's The average is like three years for an NFL running back. And that's kind of what Jerry Jones and whoever the Chargers owner, they've been thinking the same way. Well, we don't want to go pay you a bunch of money, a bunch yeah. of guaranteed money, yeah, because and then you get hurt. Let's face it. Even though Ezekiel Elliott's only, what's he been in league, three years? This would be his fourth year. He's actually, by running back standards, he's about at his peak year, and, he, and he's starting on the downside. Right. When you're running backs generally aren't in their 30s. Not much anymore. Not not anymore. And running backs, remember when running backs were like the second most valued player on the field? Well, in that, in that era of the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, running it back, was a running back league. Running backs are devalued now. They always say, you know, well, you look at the NFL draft now. 
you don't hardly see a running back go in the first round. And that's why Ezekiel Elliott, in part of this holdout, is he's saying, I know that you guys are saying that running backs hold no value, but you drafted me fourth overall. Right. And so he's trying to get them to give him a long-term contract. And based off of the way I know Ezekiel Elliott is, I don't know enough about Melvin Gordon, but I do get the feeling that if he doesn't get what he wants, he's going to sit. that he's going to sit. Yeah. And that he's going to try and make this a trend. And you know what's going to happen if he sits? He's going to get in trouble. Won't be good. Because he can't stay out of trouble. Oh, you mean that way. Okay. Yeah, he, is, he has had, he's had a litany of off-the-field issues. So my question is, where do you want to draw a line with all of this? I th- Does this make you mad? What it makes me... Why, why are they signing such long... If I'm a running back, and I'm a really good running back, my first contract, and if I, you know, if I believe in myself, why sign a five-year deal? I think that's typically what players do. Well, I think, I think, I think for running backs, especially, they ought to sign three-year deals and then go for it after that third year. Well, don't you want the long-term deal though? Initially, don't you want to start to well, make some money? Of course. What but, if he gets hurt after a year? Yeah, but well, you're betting on yourself. You have to bet on yourself. If you really believe in yourself, you bet on yourself. Then my friend Bill Simmons threw out a hypothetical. Okay. That they went, what if Patrick Mahomes did this? Ooh. And that, and that if he showed your tongue, up. Blasphemy. That if he showed up at camp today and said, let's restructure my contract right now. And you know what the Chiefs would say? You bet. And, and that was the conversation. Well, and, and there was a rule that they mentioned that he's not eligible to do that until next year. Mm-hmm. But they said... If this happened, how much money are we talking here? If pa- and but I don't think I get this vibe from a Holmes. I don't get this vibe from the Chiefs that I think they would work out a deal. Oh yeah, and it would be a big deal. It would. Be. It would be monstrous. It would, it would be. be massive. But what if he showed up and said, "All right, guys, time to see what I'm worth." Yep. Show me the money. Yep. Where do you think he could be in a ballpark of? Do you think whenever he decides to sign his contract? He will be the highest-paid quarterback of all well, time. I don't know. Russell Wilson is just making an outrageous amount of money. Heaps of money. I mean, what what did I see? He's he's like making sixty million this year. Or something? Am I wrong on that? I don't, I wouldn't think it would be for one year. I think they typically hover at about forty. Yeah. Matt Stafford, I know, signed a really big contract in the last couple of years. You know what? Here here's my theory. Okay. No contract numbers should be released. Do you? Do we release how much money we make? We could. Well, we don't want to make people laugh, but yeah, <laughs> I I wouldn't want people to start feeling sorry for well, me. <laughs> I I, th- I think if we said how much money we if if I said how much money I make, I'd have people coming by dropping off. Yeah, blankets. there'd be envelopes. They'd blank. Say, yeah, they'd say here, get yourself a hamburger and yeah. try and make it by. That's right. But I I do get your point there. But part of it is. It is a business where we know the number that they have to spend on the team and all the financials are out there. I think I like knowing how much they make. Well, Do do you not like it? Or do you just think, what if we didn't? What if we didn't? That's what I'm saying. I've I've said that for many years. I just just don't say, you know, that way you wouldn't have these guys, well, I got to have more than him. I got to have more than him just because I, I just, my ego won't let me. Take less than him. One of those guys made a really good point on that same conversation and said, look, just because 
one owner made a bad decision and changed the market value of his running back doesn't mean that that's the way it's got to be for everybody. And see, Alex Rodriguez, when Alex Rodriguez was in Texas and Tom Hicks gave him that, what, $252 million for 10 years? Ooh. Boy, did the other baseball owners said that make them mad. Come on, man. Don't that, do that. That changed the whole landscape of salaries in Major League Baseball because it was so far higher than anybody else had ever made. And then, of course, everyone else, well, I'm not that far behind A-Rod. I need to get blah, blah dollars. Well, and now everything's just blown up. Well, you know me, Steve. I am not a person that's going to side with the owners. No. You're I a, want them to pay money. You you want the players to gouge the owners for everything they got. I do, but I also believe that there is a little bit of sacrifice if you want to be a successful team. If all you care about is yourself, okay, then go do what you got to do. Yeah. But if you want your team to be good, and we've seen it with Tom Brady, and I think we're going to see it with Patrick Mahomes, I think they understand that if they want their team to be good, they have to take a little less. And especially for somebody like Patrick Mahomes. Well, look at Tom Brady. Look at all the endorsements that Mahomes is going to have. Tom Brady's like the seventh highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Now, it does help Tom Brady that he has a supermodel wife that makes a lot of money. And they just put their house up for $39 million. You want to go in on it with me? I don't. Think How long do you think it would be until we could pay it off? <laughs> well, it'll be 2,328 whenever we can pay it off. Yeah, Tom Brady's the 23-28. He's the seventh highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I really do think that when we get to crunch time, that Patrick Mahomes will sign a big deal, but I really don't think it will be something that cripples the Chiefs. Yeah. I think he understands, like Tom Brady has always understood, You've got to have pieces in order to win. I think he's a guy that wants to win. Yeah, yeah. If he takes up 75% of the cap space, then they're going to be left with a whole bunch of Damian Williams and and Charvarius Wards playing in the secondary. Yeah, they don't want that. No. All right, Steve, let's take our final break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim. Steve, did you see the big news out of the city of Wichita today? I did not. It's sports news. Okay, I did not. You remember the big change that's coming to Wichita, baseball-wise? LD uh, Stadium? Well, the occupant of who will be playing there. Okay, I don't Remember know. they're bringing in a new team? Okay. The AAA Marlins. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's been out for a little bit, but they're trying to come up with what the team's name is going to be. Oh, okay. And they made a big announcement this morning okay. that the team's name is going to be... I don't know. The Wichita River Riders. That doesn't exactly jump <laughs> up that River so, Riders. So they made this big announcement and said, this is the team's name. And then everybody kind of went... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and they went, okay, well, this is just one of the names that we're going to... Oh, okay. This is just one of them. Okay. We're going to release some other ones. Okay. The Wichita River Riders. 
Well, say that three times fast. River riders. Three times. River riders. River riders. River riders. Yeah. That's not easy. Yeah. As a broadcaster, bad team name. Yeah. Bad team name. Yeah. It would be like saying, "Okay, we're here at at the seashore, and Sally sells seashores, seashells by the seashore." It'd be like if that was our team name. Yeah. I don't like that. River Riders. Ugh. The River Riders. What is a River Rider? I don't know. I guess it'd be like a raft person that rafts. So a person that rides that, the river. That'll be the logo. It'll be a person in a, you know, in a raft. With a beer koozie in one hand there and sunglasses go. on. There you go. The River Riders. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't like that. I, don't, I didn't like that. And either. the logo, everybody well, was kind of laughing at it. They've had them. the arrows. They've had the wings. They've had the wild you know, as far as team names in Wichita. Wichita Royals. That was easy. Yeah. I like the Arrows because I followed the Arrows because uh, that's when I was in high school when they had the Wichita Arrows. Yeah. Chris Chambliss. Oh, yeah. Played for, you know, hit the home run that knocked the Royals out sure. of the World Series. He played there. They were really good back then. All right, Steve. Enjoyed the show today. Okay. Hopefully you have a good rest of your day. I think rest is the optimum word. I'm pulling for you. No golf for you this afternoon? I'm not sure. I haven't gotten that far. Okay, well... Had a little rain last night. I don't know if I, if it's cart path only. I'm not sure that I'm up for cart path only. I bet you'll do it. Okay. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell and Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.